On this week's show, heading to Wales for a big FA Cup tie, Sheffield United goalkeeper Aidan Prawl tells us all about their start to the season. Taking Being undefeated, taking five points from the three games is not the end of the world, especially considering what, what happened during the summer. Still unbeaten and top of the scaffold, we hear from Glebe joint boss Craig Nelson. I think if you'd asked anybody at the start of the season, would they have ex- expected us to be up there? They would have said in and around, but maybe not top of the tree. But um, from us as a management team, we we believe in the people that we have through the door. James Rogers reflects on 20 years in football. It's, it's been uh, a bit surreal, really. It's just gone really, really quick. I can't believe how quick the, the career's gone. And so does my co-host... Congratulations, Dad, on 20 years of commentating for BBC Sports. Hello everyone and welcome to this week's episode of the Kent Only Podcast, sponsored by Sandwich Town Youth FC. Matt Jarrah is going to tell you in a moment how they've got on this week. We, in the meanwhile, have got three interviews for you to enjoy and an improvement from last week's show, two presenters, which means at least 50% less of my voice. And that can only be a good thing. Uh, I'm John Phipps, who stayed firmly in the UK this week after last week's airport fun and games. Another one now is a man I've not spoken to for a fortnight. And as we'll hear later on, is a man for whom today is a momentous one. Matt Jarrah, without telling anyone what today is, how are you? It's Wednesday, John. I'm back. Not, not bad, John. It's been a strange one here because my wife's been away for a few days, so I've still got two kids and a dog, which is always good. So um, house not burnt down? No, not yet. It's still uh, no, still not the. Um, I did do well. well for the kids fancied a roast on Sunday with everything in, so we had a roast um, with fish fingers, which, I, which um, that is the my worst roast disgusting. dinner I've ever heard of in my life. <laughs> yeah, so, Good Yorkshire pudding and um, roast potatoes and peas and things like that uh, and gravy. One of the kids had ch- cheese sauce because I wanted cheese sauce and fish fingers. We were going to have mash, but I thought I would do a roast. So yeah, so if you can see me, I have my head in my hands at this. You had, but no, but I do make a mean so- roast cheese potato. Cheese sauce and gravy with fish. No, fingers. she didn't have gravy. She didn't have. She had cheese sauce. But one of the others had gravy. I had gravy on mine. Yeah, with fish fingers. Yeah, and roast, pot- uh, roast potatoes, peas, and Yorkshire pudding. I want you to say out loud again that you had fish fingers and gravy, and then you might realise exactly what uh, what my problem is. Well, it, 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 was, a, it was a tasty dinner. Mm. They wanted mash, and I thought, no, we'll have, we'll have some Yorkshire pudding and roast potatoes. So, but uh, I, I was quite impressed, but then my um, uh, wife wasn't that impressed, and but she reacted like you did, John. So, but I, I thought it was a know. nice, tasty meal. But there. Uh, Roast dinners with fish fingers. Roast dinner with fish fingers. But hopefully I might buy some proper meat this week. Well, hopefully. Um, well, I said last week, Matt, when you when we couldn't do the show because of my stupid planes, um, about Sandwich Town, it was their first game on Sunday. Uh, I know their first home game is this Sunday. Do you know how they got on last weekend? Yeah, they lost, unfortunately, 4-1 oh. on Sunday. But it's the, it's They the were big... expecting a tough one, weren't they? Yeah, it's a big game this week. Um, home game against Folkestone. I'm hoping for about 200 supporters, so... Massive game for the club. He sent me pictures of the changing room, the pitch. It's going to be a momentous one for Sandwich Town youth. So good luck this weekend. The weather's going to be good as well, which I think is good. So if you're in the area, um, support side. And within a few years, they could be, you know, playing in the, in the scaffold if they can work their way through the leagues. But uh, good luck for that, for Nick and everything. I, I, he's been very excited. And it's been a labour of low over the last few, few months for him. But it's off the ground. And this weekend, it's there. It's their first home game, so good luck to them there. 
Yes, indeed. Massive good luck to them. Uh, it's our 265th episode this week. Uh, that led me to an adhesive spray, a Garmin watch, a tyres for a people carrier and a floor lamp. Uh, so, Matt, with that excitement, I'm going to go back to last week's number. I don't know if you heard it or not, uh, but episodes of Frasier, there were 264 uh, in the original run, but it's back soon, isn't it? Are you looking forward to the reboot with Nicholas Lindhurst? Uh, we were discussing this. I don't have Paramount Plus, the channel. So I think, again, we've looked into this. I do love Frasier. I must have seen every single one of them, 264 episodes, at least twice. So it's one of these things. I think they're releasing one a week. And I think at Christmas, they're probably all like, there's only about 12 episodes in the series. So it looks like it's pay the pay, get the week free and binge watch Frasier in the thing from there. But I'm hoping it will be good. I've seen, I've seen the trailer clip. It's going to be like um, this time Frasier goes and lives with his son. So you can see what they've done there. Um, so it should be, yeah, it should be good. Nicholas Lindhurst is in it, probably playing the Niles character because Niles didn't want to do it. But hopefully it will be uh, be good because the first one is absolutely classic. Up there with The Bridge is one of my favourite programmes. I have to mention yeah. The Bridge, John. Talking programmes that are back, Neighbours is back. Have you been watching? I did see Neighbours is back. Um, I did. Paul Robinson was still in it, fair play. Yep. Um, Paul Robinson, uh, Toadfish, um, Carl and Susan, they're all still there. They've got they've got the gang back together, Matt. All right. Is it, is it, that's, on, that's free. That's on Amazon as well, isn't it? Is yeah, it still it's 30 Amazon minutes? Was that, has it got a new um, theme? Somebody said it got a new theme tune. Is that right? No, it's the same theme tune, just sung by a different fella. You know, the same format they've been doing for... Not, not the, the original Barry Crocker. No, I don't, think they've, they've, uh, I don't think they've resurrected that. But it's, do you know what? I was, Did I was it just upset. carry on from last time? You sort of... Oh, hello, neighbours. No, what they did was, so the last time they finished on a big sort of thing and a, and a big uh, a big wedding, and then they've time jumped two years. Um, right. So basically to make up for the fact that a lot of people have moved on and there's been already been twists and turns since it's been back. So they've given it like a two-year time jump. That it's given them a chance to make some of the younger characters a little bit older as well to give them more storylines. Um, and you know what? It's been three episodes so far. Uh, they're dropping daily, four episodes a week, Monday to Thursday. And I'm enjoying it. You know, it was just one of those things. Were like you a big Neighbours fan in the first place? I used to watch it when I was a little kid. And then I stopped yeah. watching it um, in my 20s and then started again in my late 20s, I think. Uh, and then I got back into it about oh, six or seven years ago. Uh, there was a big ex- I got back into it when they finally aligned the episodes and the UK and Australia were getting them on the same day. Because I thought that's actually quite cool. Um, so and there was a big explosion around that time. So that was when I got back into it. Uh, and then I watched it faithfully until the end. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, it's nice to have it back, actually. I've, I've, I've been enjoying it. And, you know, these is are Lester the sort of still reasons. Lasters is still going. Harold's is still going. L- um, Luke Carpenter, is he still going? Luke Carpenter, we haven't seen him yet. And there was a longing moment over a page about him. So he might be dead. Um, but Harold <laughs> Bishop is still there. Um, oh, and I mean, Madge, Luke Carpenter, Madge is long dead, yeah. Uh, Luke Carpenter, when he when I was at uni, we used to watch it when I was at uni, and there was a rumor that he was going to die at some point. And one of my mates was genuinely going to hold awake if he had died, but as, as it was, he didn't. But it's, I don't know. Again, I know it's Tom Oliver was the actor. Yeah, yeah. So that, British, British. Yeah, chap. yeah. So yeah, yeah. Wow. So no, I haven't been watching that. But um, well, we're going to do the, we do the TV things now. Um, have you? What have I been watching? Um, Blackbird is the new big thing on Apple TV. Right. We've got to watch that. That's with Tarragon Egerton. Yeah, really good. Really recommend Blackbird. Um, but now 
I think now the wife's back, we need to find some other new programmes to watch. There must be probably loads out there at the moment, isn't there? So, um, I'm watching Only Murders in the Building season three, which is always very good. Um, but yeah, Blackbird is the is, is the main one at the moment. So, well, we've watched it all, but six episodes, real quality. That was really good. Excellent. Not, not a part with Neighbours, though, mate. Poor Robinson. Oh, no. Exactly. And me watching Neighbours is exactly the, the reason that I've managed to uh, get engaged because, you know, but what, what can turn a girl on more than yeah. the fact that... Does Home and Away still go? Home and Away still going as well. I don't watch that one anymore, though. So, was, that, what's uh, that, was that on one of the ch- tennis? Oh, did you sort uh, of did find out that Hollyoaks, which still goes, they've taken off and that's all going online. Yeah, they've, they've moved it to Channel uh, to E4. No, they've moved it to E4 from Channel 4. So, you know, in this day and age, that doesn't really matter. What, what, everyone's more come dine with me on Channel 4 probably now? Half six, is it? Yeah, Placing the Sun, The Simpsons, you know, all that all that yeah. stuff, that'll be on, won't it? Yeah, well, 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 I didn't even think anybody watched Hollyoaks anymore. I don't think anybody watched the telly, so. Well, again, my, my kids don't watch, they wouldn't know Channel 3. It's all online, streaming, so, again, a bit like newspapers, sorry to say, John. Within 10 years, mainstream telly will be dead along with the newspapers. Uh, we're thriving, mate. We're absolutely thriving. Uh, anyway, let's get on with the show. We're going to start with news from the FA Cup, where a handful of teams made it through to the next round. It was a great 3-2 win for Welling in the derby at Dartford, with Anthony Papadopoulos scoring a hat-trick to take the wings through. Or Dover weathered a late comeback to see off Hastings by the same score. Maystone saw a hey! stadium town community 4-1, uh, but Tunbridge Angels were beaten 4-2 at Harringay Barra. Uh, Matt saw the game between Margate and Folkestone, which finished 2-2 before Gate prevailed in the replay. It was also a success for Cray Valley at the second time of asking. They beat Northwood 4-3 to set up a trip to Carshalton. I'm pretty sure Steve McKim will be looking forward to that one, having been manager there last season. Uh, we're recording this Wednesday night. Uh, I can tell you that it's Ramsgate 3, Quay Rondras 2 in extra time. And that time we'll bring you the full-time score of that one uh, before we go. But that just leaves us with Sheffield United, who are through to the third qualifying round. And they face a long trip to Wales to face Merthyr Town after their win over Burgess Hill. After that draw was confirmed, I caught up with Ike's keeper Aidan Prawl, and we began by discussing their other cup game this week, which was a Velocity Trophy defeat to Herm Bay. Yeah, yeah, I mean, we obviously there was naturally some changes. Um, a couple of the boys, Jacob, etc., were carrying knocks from Saturday. So, see, he's had a rest. He's been on great form for us. But, yeah, I mean, I think yesterday we played, played uh, after the first sort of 10, 15 minutes, we settled into the game, played very well. Um, their keeper, to be fair to him, made quite a few good saves, but it just seemed to be one of those nights where we kept knocking but couldn't couldn't quite find find the answer. And then he came off the, uh, the pitch at the end and found out that you're off to Wales uh, in 10 days' time. How, how do you feel about that? Yeah, no, buzzing, mate. Absolutely buzzing. I mean, um, so when the draw came out, we just, every, naturally everyone was searching up both teams. Um I think, I'm not sure how you pronounce their name. I'm probably going to butcher it, but Merth, I believe it is. Merth. Um, yeah, their setup looks very, very good. Um, I think they've got a real nice 3G stadium, looks like pretty much a conference prem sort of standard. Um, I think they, their average attendance is 1,500 or so. So it should be like, I, I think all the boys are buzzing and it uh, should be a great, a great day out, really. Do you think it's a, it's a good draw at this stage of the competition or would you rather have had one so you could have a home tie again and hopefully get through to the next round maybe more easily than it's going to be at, at Merthyr? Uh, it's a hard one. It's a hard one. because obviously, I mean, naturally, you go out to win every single game, but the FA Cup isn't something you uh, you sit down at the start of the season and go, yeah, we're going to go, we're going to go and win it. Um, 
it's always nice to be in, in cup games and I, I completely get what you're saying. Um, I guess yeah and no. Yeah and no, because you, you want to test yourself against like the the best teams that you possibly can. Um, like I think Yeovil are still currently in at Scunthorpe, etc. So if you got like a Yeovil away, that would have been like a ledge day out. I mean, they were in League 2 not so long ago. So obviously they've got like the facilities that a League 2 club would have. Um, but I guess on the flip side, you could have got you could have got um, like a similar level team. Like we could have got Cray Valley at home, and then yeah, you could argue it'll be an easier game. But on the flip side, if, if you, you might be you might have an off day, and then you go out, and then you go out wishing up. Would have been great to have had a, a Mercer or whoever on that day. So yeah, a bit a bit of both, really, a bit of both. I mean, we're happy with a draw. It's going to be a great day out, regardless. If we win, we win. If we don't, we go up heads held high. You say they've got they get big crowds in there. As the goalkeeper, you're probably going to be the closest one to the uh, the rowdy Welsh home faithful. Is that something you're looking forward to? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, as a like you like you say, as a keeper, you more or less get the brunt of it week in week out, um, and it, it is always funny and. It, at the end of the game, you always turn around, give them a clap, and nine times out of ten, they'll clap you off as well. So I'm, 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 all, I'm all here for the the uh, banter and abuse that I'll get, and especially from like such high numbers. I think we played Hastings away uh, a couple of years back, and I mean more recently when we played Sittingbourne in the Swell derbies, um, their fans are always like a real good laugh. Sort of like it's, it's always nice when team when fans know like. The sort of barrier when you start getting things chucked at you, then it's a bit, it's a bit like, oh, I don't need this. But when it is just your your generic insults, I'm a I'm I'm a fan of it. I'm a fan of it. So yeah, it should be a it should be a good laugh. Uh, you just mentioned the Swale Derby. You've got one on Saturday as well in the FA Trophy, and and you know the, the FA Trophy is a tough one for teams at your level because much like the FA Cup, you're probably not going to go all the way and win it, but you want the bragging mm-hmm. rights, don't you, on Saturday? Oh yeah, exactly. I mean, as well, Derby's never, never going to disappoint. Um, it will always be like a big occasion for the fans, and as players, we we understand that, and we always try and give it our all. Um, I think the last one at Sheppey last season, we we come up short. We lost one nil. Wasn't really our best performance. Um, most recently, the two two. I'm sure the fans enjoyed. Obviously, Sheppey etc. would have would have preferred the win, but it was a it was a good it was a good entertainment. Um, but yeah, again, like you say, it's a it's a cup competition where you're not really expecting to win it. But I think was it a Concord, I believe, uh, got to the final a few week, few years back, and they were Ryman North, Ryman Prem at the time. So it's not it's not something that's impossible. It's what I mean. It's it's a lot more likely than um than the FA Cup as such. But again, if you get quite a way into it, you get you can get good draws with Yeovil being in the. Um, Dartford, Maidstone, Ebsley, or anyone sort of that sort of stature is always it's always going to be a good day out for the fans and, and the players. And, and of course, you've got experience of going far in a national competition from your time at Corinthian. And I suppose you know you know the buzz that it brings to a place when you're doing well like that. Oh yeah, massively, massively. I mean, um, <clears throat> back at my time at Corinthian, obviously we had the as you say the Vars run, and when I when I first joined, we were. We we always got regarded to as like little old Corinthian was like the cliche name for us. Um, probably we had supporters that were ninety nine percent mums and dads 
brothers and sisters or whoever coming down to watch. And then we get in the Vars run and I think we played Leighton Town at home. We had the three or four hundred and then you obviously have the Hebburn game where you get 600 through the gate. Um, obviously, I'm sure Michael Golden would have, as probably mentioned before, it brings like a massive, a massive buzz to the club. And from it, I don't know if you've seen on Twitter, the, uh, the, the boys... I think there's a group of probably 12 to 15 um, teenagers from the town that now come and follow follow Krimpian, um home and away, more or less. So it, it has that sort of stature of a game does bring a lot of attention to a club. And for Corinthian, it worked out. It worked out massively for us. Yeah, and obviously now you're at Sheppey and, and it, all these cup games, I mean, you've only played three league games, but you are unbeaten. And, and I suppose after a, a turbulent end to the summer with, with a late change of manager... That's all you can ask for, isn't it? A solid start. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, you if you take all, all things considered, um, and you said you should have said to us, you're three games in, uh, two draws, one win, it's a better start than we did last year. So I think you probably would have snatched someone's hand off for it, if I'm being honest. Um, I think the uh, Broadditch Heath away probably wasn't our best performance, but we take a point away. Um, sitting born again, Closely, closely contested game, take a point away. And then Phoenix at home, we was a pretty comfortable win. Uh, we played good football. So, yeah, no, I, I think, as you say, I think um, taking being undefeated, taking five points from the three games is not the end of the world, uh, especially considering what, what happened during the summer. And I suppose, obviously, that the potential of Sheffield United is still there because you've got a, a great fan base who always get behind you. Without a doubt, without a doubt. I mean, the, fan, the fans are... Incredible, to be fair. Um, <clears throat> you, you can always hear them. They always follow you. Um, coming off the pitch, <clears throat> they're always singing their praises and et cetera, et cetera. And then, like, away from the club, the club's very well run. Um, you've got the facilities. I think, I can't think of a team that's come down and said, oh, your f- the facilities here, here are lacking. Um, I think, arguably, we've got the best Astro in the league. <clears throat> um the the bar change rooms etc cetera, etc cetera, training facilities they're all they're all second to none so yeah it's it's definitely got the potential there to try and emulate I guess what what Chatham have done in recent years and get promoted back to back promotions um, that that's a goal for this year to go and try and get promoted and and as you say fulfil what the club's potential is and obviously only Batten back in charge now has it been much different with him than it was with Jack Midson last year. Um, yeah, I mean, every manager's got different styles. That's for sure. Every every manager's got a different way of, of how they how they run the team. So you're never going to get... That's the beauty of football. It's, it's all about opinion. So you're never going to get two, two managers with the same sort of opinion and same ideologies. Um, but, I mean, the results on the pitch show that it's not been it's not been a car crash at all. Um, Ernie's come in. He's, he's got his idea of how we want to play. We're emulating it on the pitch and we're doing it to the best as we can and we're getting results from it. So, so yeah, I, I, I think pretty much all parties are, are happy with how things have, have begun and hopefully it continues throughout the season. It's interesting, Matt. Um, he's not sure and I'm not sure either if Merthyr Town away is a good draw for Sheffield United or not. What, what do you reckon? It's a stinker. Um, I, I did like his positive attitude. Um, it's a day out. Uh, he probably couldn't have got a worse draw, really. As he said there, he could have had Yeovil and Torquay, which, you know, proper, you know, extra football league clubs. I think I think Folkestone had Bertha last year as well. So it seems strange at the draw because the first 
you know, the second qualifying round was so regionalised, wasn't it, that you probably basically Kent and London teams you could plot a play, and it's extended it so far, they probably couldn't have gone any further. Um, is it Merthyr Town or not Merthyr Tidville these days? I, I've seen Merthyr I Tidville. I think they not... went bust and came back, so it's Merthyr yeah. Town now. Um, yeah, I'm, I, I feel for them there. I think Merthyr are probably a level above, I think. Um, I think we've gone for promotion the last couple of seasons. So I liked his attitude. Uh, you know, big crowd. They're going to go and enjoy it. He did sort of say, oh, it's a, it's a day out. And I'm probably look at it. And really, how far do they have to travel? An hour, probably, where they are normally. So it's, it's I don't know if they'll do an overnight. Probably might be a good idea because it is a trek four or five hours down there. Uh, they'll go there with absolutely no fear. But as draws go, it's an absolute pig, isn't it? It is difficult, but I suppose I'm, uh, the, the way I'm going to come up with this as being a positive, right, is if you're Sheffield United, I think you'd rather get Merthyr Town away at this stage than Margate or Folkestone and Victor. You know, at least if they've got Margate or Folkestone and Victor away, it's one step up, it's exactly the same, but it's just down the road. Whereas yeah. I actually think, do you know what, it's not a bad thing to have that to have that away day because, you know, it's all saying to him there, you know, you don't get those big away days and we'll hear someone saying about that later on as well but you don't get those big long away days those long coach trips those overnight coach trips as it may well be for Sheffield United you don't get those normally so actually it's a nice experience for them and I think yeah it's it is a, it's a rough draw um but it's one to look forward to it's it's a great experience you know he's saying they're going to get a big crowd in there he's looking forward to the banter from the from the fans behind the goal and it's it's going to be a great experience for him and, and the players to play in front of that crowd and have that long journey and, and as I say, I think if you'd say if you'd said to them you've got a choice of playing a team in step three that's an hour away or a team that's four hours away in step three, I think you might as well go for the go for the one that's, that's a bit further and, and really well, make yeah. the most of it and have an experience. Yeah, I, I think that's from a footballer point of view, going to new places, bit of excitement, the level. Uh, they might be a step above. They might not be as good a level if they did play the likes of Folkestone and Margate. So. Um, going to a different country, so a European adventure, you probably say. Um, they'll be disappointed they're not at home. Uh, I think this is the second, you know, they got to the third qualifying round a couple of years ago, didn't they? So good cups, good cup side, good result at the weekend. Um, yeah, and, and I've heard good things about Aidan as well as a, as a goalkeeper. We said um, he's a good goalkeeper, highly rated at Sheppey, um, confident goalkeeper as well, confident in his abilities. Um, seems a good character. Uh, fingers crossed they can cause a shock or even probably better if they can get Merthyr down down the Sheppey but in front of a big crowd as well that could be a, a good thing but it will be tough for them and have to do the homework on it but of course only a week or so's time I don't know how much that, how easy it is to scout them but they'll do their homework on them it's just, yeah it's, it's a disappointment it's it's a stinker of a draw travel wise but let's say the fans you know, Sheppey have got some hardcore fans who will travel with them uh, and I say the players will probably enjoy it because, as you say, you're probably going to travel on the coach. Probably not many of their games actually travel on a coach anywhere. So it's a new experience for them. And, you know, and they know what they get result. They could be a, um, uh, 90 minutes away from playing the likes of Ebsley or a big a big non-league side from the National League. I was interested in there as well, Matt, when he said, you know, it was a tricky start to, to the season because obviously they had the change of manager with Jack Midson leaving. Uh, and only Batten coming back in to take over. And, and I think, you know, there was some uncertainty there over what was going to happen at Sheppey United, but 
they've started the season really well, haven't they? Yeah, last season they did really well under Jack Midson. I mean, you know, Midson going or sort of sort of issues at the club around it, but we always thought they would be in and around it. I didn't think they would be as successful as they were last season. I think it could be difficult for them, but Ernie Batten was very successful, got them promoted, knows the club. Um, we'll take it forward. And you say the crazy thing in this division is that the lack of league games coming up that a lot of sides have actually played. So uh, they're unbeaten in their three league games. Uh, we'll see. Have they, have they got this weekend? Did he say? Oh, got the big derby, yeah. haven't they? We had a big co- conversation about it. Sorry, mate. Yeah, I didn't remember that. I did. Have a, <laughs> I did. Uh, do trophy against Sittingbourne, Sittingbourne, which is is a massive oh, yes. game for them as well. Yeah, in the, in the thing. So. Will they have one eye on the FA Cup? It must be tough for these teams because week in, week out, you're not getting any league games. Um, cup competition taking precedence. I, I, I think just getting to the momentum of winning football matches, probably a good game to play ahead of the Merthyr game because you'll be going at it full throttle in the local derby against the Sittingbourne side ahead of the game next week. So, uh, And I'm sure it'll be a decent crowd. So, yeah, if you're a Sheppey fan, you've got a good 10 days or so ahead. Yeah, I think I think the, the the fact that it's a derby game really adds to the FA Trophy because you know, as I said to him there, the FA Trophy at this stage for clubs in this division, it doesn't necessarily mean a, a, a great opportunity to go far and win it. I know it, I know everyone mentions that Concord time when they got far. Uh, in fact, they won it, didn't they? Um, but I think it is a good opportunity for them to to really have a game that's got a lot riding on it. And the last game with, with Sitting One was a draw. They'll both be desperate to win that game. And I'm sure there'll be a cracking crowd, and it is all ticket. But if you do want to go, uh, tickets are available. And, and you know, if you're at a loose end on Saturday, I can't think of anything better to do with you Saturday. Yeah, good, 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 healthy rivalry between those two. So it should be a good game. Both sides doing OK this season. And Sittingbourne, we know Ryan Maxwell is a decent manager. So uh, I, I think it, it should be a good game, that one. A good test for both sides. Yeah, and what about the rest of that cup action, Matt? I know you enjoyed your game on Saturday. Yeah, it was a good game, Margate against Folkestone. I was surprised. I thought Folkestone were the better side um, for the first half. Uh, probably could have had a couple more goals. They've been a bit more, uh, you know, clinical in the final third. They're the players set off Kanye. Margate came back into it. Then Ira Jackson's got an absolute beauty. Four minutes to go. But then Margate, uh, you know, to be fair to Margate, they battled hard. They put the substitute, um, Fassos on. He was great. He got the equaliser and probably should have won it. In, in with an, e, an easier chance than the one he scored about a minute after he scored. So I thought Folkestone would go on and win, but it's a fantastic result for Margate, 3-1 there. Um, Margate, I say, the ground had changed a little bit. The They've moved the changing rooms to the opposite side. It was a sort of a buzz around it. Professional ways of going there. Reese Prestige is, a, I think, a, a good, good fit for them. Uh, surprised they won, but delighted they won. For the people there, because you're speaking to them, they're desperate, absolutely desperate to try and get to the first round in 20 years or so. Chesham in the next round, don't know much about Chesham. Um, to way, which is a little bit disappointing, but they've gone to Folkestone and won, and not many people expected that. But good game, great people, really friendly people there. People, thank you very much for the ladies and the little um, who were serving the food who let me charge my phone as well. So really friendly club, Margate, really a really good day. On a beautiful day there. Um, and delighted for Margate. Felt for Folkestone. Um, but yeah, Folkestone should have won it in the first game. And uh, I haven't really seen much reports of yesterday, but a couple of good goals. Greenhouse scored a cracker. 
So, yeah, I felt for Folkestone, should have probably won out in the first game. And what about your boys, mate? You, you're through. Uh, you've got another home tie in the next round. Uh, it, it was 3-0, wasn't it? And then and then Hastings scored two late goals. I, I guess, as you weren't there, you don't know too much about it. But uh, I, I get it was a, probably a nervy last few seconds. Yeah, I, 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 they were down to 10 men in the first half. Hastings, what people said, and Dover had chances to kill him off. But again, scoring three goals is good, but they probably could have had to score a few more. Yeah, everybody was jumping up and down. They got Harringay, but Harringay did beat not doing not having a great season in the league, Harringay, but knocked out Tunbridge, which puts a little bit of pressure on Jay Saunders. But I can't see why because he he's a good manager. He'll turn that around. Um, well, we'll have to see what it is. So, uh, yeah, on paper they should if they've beaten Hastings, they should beat Harringay. But um, see how it goes. But, but hopefully that builds a little bit of confidence um, going into the next few games. And scoring three goals is good. Um, but if David haven't had, a, have had one clean sheet in about 18 games, so they need to sort that out. Otherwise, they're not going to get any far if they can't keep clean sheets. It was a win, though. Uh, talking of wins, <laughs> that was a good result for Welling, wasn't it? Yeah, pressure on Dartford as well. I see the dreaded vote of confidence has come out for Alan Dales and Dartford are not normally a club who are known to sacking managers. Um, I don't know if there's some of the fans sort of a little bit down against Alan Dowson. They've got a big game against Tunbridge this weekend, I see. So, um, well, in, yeah, when I saw Papadopoulos, he was playing as a, as a fullback. So they pushed him into midfield. Good finishes for the goal. Um, again, Dartford will be disappointed in front twice. Just n- not having the rub of the green, but a big win for Welling. Big win for Welling. Um, again, I was speaking to Nigel. He said that they've had problems scoring the scoring goals, but good to see that they're attacking midfield. Well, Papadopoulos used to be a striker, didn't he? So he's got that instinct, but a fantastic result. Um, I think both managers, whoever lost that game, would be under pressure. I think Danny Bloor hasn't had a great start with Willing. Um, but Alan Dowson, big game for them at the weekend. Did you see the dreaded vote of confidence, John? I did, and it was interesting as well to see the replies to that on uh, on social media. Very much a mixed bag, isn't it? Yeah. And I think Alan Dowson, I think it's one of those whereby last season, you know, they did as 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 expected. But I think the expectation was that with no Ebbsfleet uh, and and Alan Dowson having got his own players in, I think the expectation was that they'd have a good season. And uh, they're out of the FA Cup and they're struggling in the league. So you can understand the frustration. Uh, but Alan Dowson has got a proven track record. So I'm sure given time, he will he will prove to be the man. But that might mean a, a, a difficult season this time around. Yeah, I think the pressure will be on if they lose to Tunbridge again. Um, he said he's not under pressure and the board, they're a sensible board, Dartford. Um, you know, the long, long years of Tony Berman, they, got rid of, they had the joint managers, Coyle and Flanagan, didn't work out. They gave it to Steve King and they and that didn't work out. So they, they, I think it will be rash to get rid of da- Alan Dowson um, in that role, unless you've got somebody lined up. But I think Alan Dowson's a good manager, so it just hasn't worked out for them. And it, 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 as I said, when I went to when they play against Dover, it's a different Dartford this season. Bigger, stronger. They haven't got the the flair players. They've got the Coulsons, but before, yeah, it's just a different dart, feel of Dartford. It might take a while for the team to team to gel, but they'll be gutted because they lost to Beckenham last year. So another club, you know, who's been have good cut runs, but going out in the second qualifying round is a real kick in the teeth. 
And talking of teams that have gone out in the second qualifying round, we can add the name Cray Wanderers to that list. They've been beaten 3-2 after extra time by Ramsgate. Ramsgate will now host Froomtown uh, in the next round. We'll talk about that game next week. Uh, but good many congratulations for, good for Ramsgate, I think, at home. Well, they, the and they were two nil down on Sunday, weren't they, in yeah. the first game? And Joe Taylor scored two late goals. Uh, he was on the score sheet again tonight, and you know, said it last week, or the other week when we had him on, just quality. And you know, brilliant result for Ramsgate. Disappointing, of course, for Cray Wanderers, uh, but the Rams will be confident. Uh, and and we'll talk about that next week uh, on the show. Uh, Bromley are up to fourth in the National League after back-to-back wins this week. Firstly, a three-nil triumph at home to Oldham that spelt the end for Latics boss David Unsworth, and they followed that up with a one-nil win over Dagenham. Slow start for Bromley, Matt, but oh, they found their straps now, haven't they? Yeah, yeah, I think uh, I think they've got the basis of a good squad side. I, I, I think Bromley are nailed on for a playoff spot. I think the quality they've got in the squad, I think Andy Woodman knows this league now, knows the quality, can bring in a couple of lone players from higher clubs, because what Bromley do, the infrastructure's in place. Now, can they go one step further? Can they... Might be tough to win the league. The seven points off the top, but it's a long way to go yet. But I, I, I think um, there was no panic as well when they didn't win the first three, was it, or something like that? But the one, the form has turned around. They've got goals in the team. They don't concede that many goals either. If you're a Bromley fan, it's exciting, exciting times. Uh, you've never had it so good. And can you go one step further? It'll be interesting to see with Sutton struggling. Could they have another team replace them in the league? You have to rip up the pitch. Yeah, absolutely. A defeat for Ebbsfleet at home to Chesterfield on Saturday, followed by their first draw of the season on Tuesday night at Woking. Uh, again, Fleet are, are doing OK. They're just outside the playoff places with 13 points uh, from 10 games. There's two games each uh, for those teams uh, this weekend. On Saturday, Ebbsfleet make the long trip to Altrincham while Bromley go to Solihull. And then on Tuesday night, uh, Bromley are at home to struggling Eastleigh and Ebbsfleet take on Dorking Wanderers. Uh, Obviously, because they were all playing in the Cup, we didn't mention the National League South there. So the fixtures on Saturday, uh, Bath City against Dover Athletic. Uh, as Matt mentioned, it's Dartford against Tunbridge Angels. Welling head to Eastbourne, the former club of Danny Bloor, uh, while Maidstone United are at home to Worthing. That's a tough game for the Stones and one which I believe my learned colleague, Mr Gerrard, will be watching. You're looking forward yeah. to that one, Matt? Yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing the new uh, Maidstone. I spoke to a couple of Maidstone fans the last couple of days. and They seem to have the optimism back. Interesting what he said, though. Um, good a good good guy I know. He said, hasn't got the feeling of a promotion season like before, but the optimism is coming back. So they're doing okay, Maidstone. So uh, I think so, with a very young squad as well, with a lot of youth team players and George Ellacobi squad, should be, it will be a tough game against Worthing because you have to play a certain way against Worthing. Otherwise, they'll absolutely rip you apart. So it should be a good game. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, in the East League Premier Division, there was one game on Saturday. Chatham held to a nil-nil draw uh, at Potter's Bar. Still top of the league, the Chats. Uh, but they're only two points clear of four teams below them who all have a game in hand. And uh, Chats, obviously, are three without a win at the moment. So they'll be desperate to bounce back uh, on Saturday uh, when they are at home to Tony Russell's Lewis. Uh, while Margate travel to Canby Island, uh, Folks and Victor host Whitehawk. And Cray Wanderers are at home to Chessant. And then one game in midweek next week, Folks and Victor travel to face Potter's Bar, who picked up their first point of the season uh, on Saturday with that draw uh, against the Chats. Uh, fixtures in What's the East Is that these rearranged games for them? Or seems strange that early doors that... Do you know not, there's mate? not a big fixtures. 
No, I'm, I'm, it's, it, yeah, it just seems to be a little bit haphazard, all of this at the moment. <laughs> but uh, yeah, some teams are playing, some teams aren't. Some games obviously off this Saturday. Um, oh, I don't know. It's just, it's, it's really confusing, isn't it? Uh, <laughs> let's move into this Mid League South East, which is also confusing, but an absolute thriller uh, at Chatham's ground on Saturday. I finished Ashford 3, Phoenix Sports 5. It was 0 1 at half time, so that was quite impressive. Uh, Beckenham Town have got a problem. They can't stop shipping goals. They were beaten 4 0 at home by uh, Beckenham. An absolute aberration for Hyde Town. Their first league defeat of the season as they lost 5-0 uh, at Chichester. They hadn't conceded a goal in the league until that point, uh, while Mer- Sittingbourne were 1-0 winners over Merstham. Uh, not many fixes in that division, just one, in fact, on Saturday, as Herne Bay travelled to Horndean, uh, because the rest, as we've already mentioned, are in FA Trophy action. So here we go. Here are the fixtures for our teams. Uh, Hyde Town away to Chertsey Town. Cray Valley are at home to Hartley Whitney. Uh, Ashford United head to Met Police. And it's Ramsgate against Seven Oaks. That's a big game, as is the already mentioned derby match between Sheppey United and Sittingbourne. Uh, our next interview comes from the Skeffel and I would say surprise league leaders. Uh, they've played eight games so far in the league. They haven't lost yet and things are looking very good for Glebe. I think in previous years uh, there has been a little bit of uh, pressure on Glebe to, to do well. But this year I think they've gone under the radar and they've made a really, really good start to the season. And early on today I caught up with their joint manager, Craig Nelson. When people look at the balance of things, they'll see top versus bottom and expect a result. Um, but sometimes those are the hardest games to win. Uh, believe it or not but yeah on the balance of things we didn't lose um, so there's points on the board we stay where we are and we look on to the next league game or Saturday uh, one game at a time type thing at least you don't play Kennington for a while because they've been your bogey team so far this season yeah tell me about it tell me about it um, I, I don't think the, the, the league is reflective of, of um, how, how good they can be on their day so they're, they're a hard team to break down uh, they stay alive for, for the full game um, and you have to be on par with them and match their work rate. And if not, then you can pay the price. And unfortunately, we have twice this season already. Yeah. You said in in the first answer there, you know, when it's top against bottom, everyone expects maybe a different outcome. It's hard when you're top, isn't it? Because teams want to raise their game against you. And, and, and I guess it's a different sort of game than if you're... If you're 12th playing the team is 10th. It's a different sort of game, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, 100%. Um, and I think what what a lot of what we're trying to do with the team, um, the boys are young, we've got a very young squad, um, is is strive for consistency. Um, and that will, listen, as, as a young player, when I, I put my young player hat on, it will be a roller coaster, as season always is. Um, so it's, a, it's about making sure that they understand that every team will want to beat them so they can't afford to have a lapsed moment we have to have everybody on it um, and if everybody does what we're asking them to do and what we know they're capable of then they're, they're on their day they're more than capable of beating anyone in the league uh, generally speaking it's been a great start I'm beaten as we reach the middle of September you've got to be pleased with that yeah massively so massively so and I think um, a lot of that is credit to how how well the boys have been working together and how hard they've been working and um, we set them extras, they've been smashing through it. Um, we've got a real good bond and collective and uh, it's credit credit to them. Um, uh, and really like the, the whole back office of, of Glebe is making sure that we can just be successful on the pitch. So there's a lot of work that goes into it and it's nice to see when it comes together. After a couple of quiet years, I guess Glebe are looking to move back in the in the right direction and be in the round <laughs> top. Yeah, look, so about my DNA 
I can't, I will never set a team up to lose. And I don't, I know, no, everyone's going to say that, but it's, I can't do it. So for me, it's just trying to get the best out of the people that we have um, at the club. And at the moment, there's a lot of change happening in the background. You may have heard that next year we, we are planning to have a 4G. Um, so a lot of the energy, efforts, resources, finances are all going to developing the club and moving it on in the right direction. Uh, I think if you'd asked anybody at the start of the season, would they have ex- expected us to be up there? They would have said in and around, but maybe not top of the tree. But um, from us as a management team, we we believe in the people that we have through the door. Um, so if, if, like I said, if they do continue to perform the way they have been, then I don't see why uh, they can't have a good season and we can be looking at the upper echelon of the league. It's one of those, isn't it? Every manager I've spoken to this season in, in your division has said, you know, the fact that there's four playoff spots just gives everyone something to, to aim for, doesn't it? Yeah, 100%. I, I, I was surprised, to be fair, when um, I come across to this side because uh, I played a lot of my career over either in, well, now is the Isherman um, or over in the Combined Counties that there wasn't a playoffs uh, over this side. But I think it, it, it does set stools out for teams that do finish in and around uh, mid-table, mid-table is something to fight for. Um, because what, what you see sometimes at the back end, like what, well, definitely what I saw at the back end of last season is the teams that were lower that couldn't really push for anything. It felt like they gave up a bit or the game became a bit of a nothing game. It felt like an early preseason. Um, so what you should see is more competition within uh, throughout the whole season, one, and towards the back end, if there are teams that can be there or thereabouts, that it makes it a lot more interesting. Some some say uh, it's actually more interesting than the title race, dependent on if you get like runaway uh, leaders like we did last year. I know at the back end of the league, it was ve- fairly tight. Um, but for a long time, Erif had run away for, uh, with it, hadn't they? Um, so it keeps it keeps the rest of the league interesting. You say obviously you played a lot of your football in, in other leagues. What, what do you make of the Scaffold as a league? How, how good is it? Um, yeah, I think I've watched a lot of the scaffold before um, uh, and known like friends that play in it. And it's it's always been a competitive league. Um, and I, I would say that it has continued to be that. Um, you've got some very good ball playing teams and others that mix it. So it, it reminds me of like the old like the old premiership, the old championship where everyone can be everyone. Um, and it has a real blend of mixed styles. So it, it's really difficult to prepare for, believe it or not. Um, but yeah, really competitive. And I've enjoyed it since being here. So it's been really good. You move on Saturday, FA Vars, you go to Cove. Um, I had to look yeah. up where it was. I guess you might have, might not have done if you've been over that way before. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I actually, last year, I was uh, supporting a friend before coming across to Glebe at um, Enfield Borough. So they were actually in our league then, but they've now moved over to the Wessex side uh, of town. So, yeah, I've been I've been down there a few times before. Um, so it won't be new to me, but definitely new to some of the boys. What sort of tests will they provide you? Do, do you know what? I think the club over the last couple of years has gone through a lot of change. Um, previously, they, they were a team that finished up in, like, around the bottom of, of the table. However, if you look at what they've done this season, um, they've moved across into a league where they're, they're able to compete in. Um, and anyone will tell you that if your team's competing and you're winning games of football, the feel of the club is totally different. 
Um, so I will expect them to be absolutely on it, regardless of where they are in the league or what level they are. Um, at the end of the day, it's 11 v 11 uh, with a game of football to win. So I, I would expect them to be right up for it. And we we need to make sure that we turn up ready to go as well, uh, because uh, I've had some some good days in the Vars as a player. Um, and it, it throws up some nice away fixtures sometimes uh, and you get to travel the country and enjoy winning games of football. So they should they should relish the opportunity to do well in this competition. You took the words right out of my mouth. I was going to say, no matter what stage of the competition it is, the FA Vars is exciting, isn't it? 100%. At the end of the day, I know it's a long way off, but it's a road to Wembley. Um, and what starts to happen, the more you win in it, the more you believe you can actually make it. And sometimes it's just that sheer desire um, that gets you through. Um, so they should be... They, listen, any any cup competition, you get a cup at the end of it if you win it. So we have to make sure that we see sight of that early doors and don't feel because they're a team a step below us that we've won. Because um, it's easy to become complacent uh, and trying to dig yourself out of that hole it can become very hard. So it's a game of football that we need to win um, and we'll prepare for it like any other. And the expectation would be like every other game that we, we can win it. So they have to just make sure they earn the right to do so. I really enjoyed that chat with Craig, actually. Matt, I thought he spoke very well. Uh, and keeping his feet on the ground, but Glebe are doing pretty well, aren't they? Yeah, really well. When they had that sort of money with Rooney coming in, etc., we expected them to do pretty well last season. But, you know, they played eight games unbeaten this season. Uh, didn't know that. I've tried to you know, Google the background of, of Craig there. What I knew, clearly he knows the non-league game very well. Uh, Did you find when you googled Craig Nelson Glebe, you got a goalkeeper that left Breakin? Exactly. Yes. <laughs> yeah, Scotland. Yeah. I, I, I didn't. I don't know what his background is, but clearly he knows the non-league game inside out. Clearly, maybe he's London-based or got in the the other leagues, but he, he knew what he was talking about. Again. I think every manager we speak to, John, highly likely in this division when we speak to managers, we'll be speaking to them that, you know, at the right end of the table. Everybody's getting excited because of the, the, the playoff places. So everybody thinks, right, we're going to go for it this season. Glebe, they've got goal scorers in the squad, of course. Um, Jamie Philpott, who will score a lot of goals at this, le- at this level. Um, just getting the mix and match. And maybe Glebe are going to go under the radar because did they... Well, they were one of the, they were one of the big spenders a few years ago, weren't they? We thought they were big spenders. Well, yeah, when they had Harry Hudson in charge, yeah. they were you know they were really looking to push on and go through. Uh, but then obviously since then it's been a little bit trickier for them. Mm. But um, you know I, I've been really impressed with with what I've heard about them so far this season. And you know eight games unbeaten, it doesn't matter who you've played. Um, you know that, that they've had a really good start to the season, and it was interesting there. He said about Kennington being in a false position. Of course, Kennington in a false position because obviously their home stadium uh, is the same as as Ashford United, so they've been they've not been able to play at home uh, so far this season. But it is amazing how you can just get a team that are, are your bogey team because Kennington knocked them out of the FA Cup and then held them to a draw on Saturday when when everyone was pointing at them at them winning. And, and you know it was interesting as I said to him there. When you're playing, when you're Glebe and you're top of the league and you're playing bottom of the league, Kennington, the pressure is different than the other way around, isn't it? And, and how you set up a game of football is completely different. And, and you know, it's, it's interesting to hear his tactical insights into that. Yeah, the, the expectations will be that, you know, speak to this level, that if you're top of that, you can, you, you'll smash the lower leagues a bit. I think we've seen that the, the, the scaffold has become a really competitive division and everybody could beat anybody on their day. So, Glebe, I've got a couple of experienced managers in there. I think 
probably you would say to them, I think reading between the lines, that maybe they didn't expect to be top of the league at this stage, but they're going to take it and they're going to build on that. And right, at the moment, they are the side at the top of the table that sides are going to knock down. So keep up the keep up the um, momentum and see where they go because, you know, everybody expects one side to go on and win it and they seem to have found the right form at the moment. But go out there and try and prove sides wrong. But I, I liked, I, I quite liked, I liked his chat there because he clearly he knows a lot about the non-league game um, and has probably seen it before. Got players in he knows, knows the level, knows these clubs, and he's excited about going to a ground before John. A bit of a bit of a geek as well. He's been there before. He knows what it's going to be again in the Vars this weekend. So yeah, fair play to them. I think when we had them on before, they were riding high, John, and they went through the uh, then had a bit of a blip. So hopefully that doesn't happen now. Absolutely. And, and you know, I think I, I did really enjoy that interview that I, that I did this afternoon and, and a really nice chap. Uh, and of course, wish them well for the rest of the season, especially in the FA Vars, uh, which, as we know, is on Saturday. And as I said to him there, I had to look up where they were playing. So I'm glad <laughs> that uh, I'm glad that he knew uh, the other results in the Schiffel Premier Division on Saturday. Corinthian 2, Hollands and Blair 2, two late goals for Blair in that one. Um, it was Lordswood 1, Irith Town 1, Punjab United 2. Uh, Fisher nil, Faversham 5-2 winners away to Sutton, uh, Snodland Town 3-1 winners at Tunbridge Wells, uh, VCD nil, Beersted 1, uh, Wellingtown 3, Stansfeld 2, and the game between Whitstable and Rustall was abandoned at half-time, uh, with Whitstable 4-1 ahead due to an injury to the Rustall goalkeeper. Uh, I chuckled there about the Tunbridge Wells against Snodland result, and you're going to like this story, Matt. This is the sort of thing that would only happen to someone who presents, say, a Kenton League podcast, right? Uh, so on Saturday, I was driving um, from through Tunbridge Wells, through Southborough, um, on my way to Tunbridge Station to get the train. Uh, and I drove past a little bit of fencing. Right? And that fencing uh, had the name of the company that put the fencing in. OK. Mm-hmm. That company was the company that belongs to Luke Molland, who is the manager of Snodland Town. And I thought, oh, that's the manager of Snodland Town's put that fencing up there. Drove along, got in, looked at the result. When Snodland Town had been less than a mile away from that bit of fencing and then had a great result. Uh, so well done to Luke and well done to Snodland. And a good bit of advertising for him uh, on exactly. the road to Snodland. Uh, in, there was a game on Tuesday night that finished 5-0 uh, Lordswood against Sutton Athletic. So I'm not gonna, we're not going to run through the Division 1 results uh, this weekend because uh, obviously there's been lots and lots of them. Uh, but if you are a fan of uh, Greenways and their penchant for goals, I can tell you uh, that they were at home and they lost 6-2. Uh, all the fun of the fair there. The fixtures on Saturday in the FA Vars then for our teams. Uh, Sutton Athletic travel to Abbey Rangers. Beersted are at home to Epsom and Ewell. Canterbury take on Corinthians. As you've already heard, Glebe go to Cove. VCD Athletic are away to Eastbourne United. It's Farisham Town against Loxwood. Greenways play on Sunday. They're at home to Saltdean United. It's Hollands and Blair against Worthing United. K-Sports meet Cobham. Uh, Lordswood are at home to Croydon. It's Lidtown against FC Elmstead. Punjab United against Lewis and Borough. Rochester United are home to Midhurst and Eastbourne. Rustall take on Newhaven. Staples Monarchs are home to Forest Hill Park. Tunbridge Wells host Kennington. It's Wellingtown against Honesdale. Snodland head to Westside and Whitstable are at home to Lingfield. Uh, there is a full programme of fixtures in the scaffold on Tuesday night. Uh, Beersted against Snodland Town. It's Corinthian against Wellingtown. Faversham against Kennington. Uh, Fisher against Sirith Town. Glebe against Honesdale. Hollands Blair against Dealtown. And Punjab United against Tunbridge Wells. While Rustall host VCD Athletic. Uh, we've got well, one are they going to replay these games in the Vars? Or is that penalties now? I think the Vars goes extra time and penalties, doesn't it? Um, yeah, so. doesn't have replays yet, does it? 
No, absolutely. Uh, that, we have got one more interview for you. And uh, the reason for this interview is a very special one, as you will hear during the show. Uh, but earlier on this week, Matt caught up with Lidtown joint boss, uh, James Rogers. No, no, it's, um, it's gone OK, to be fair, so far. Um, obviously not where we want to be in the league. But like you just said, we've got um, got quite a few games in hand, but I don't really like um, chasing. I like to to sort of get them games um, played and but it's just the way it's worked out we've had so many cup games already we had a I think we played about three or four games in the FA Cup um, which was quite unusual for us well for me certainly uh, at this time of year but yeah no it's, um, it's going okay so far When we spoke to you before you, know, you were managing Hive and you went back to Folkestone um, I know you played for a lid at the back end of last season on a dual um, contract with Folkestone you said before, you know, you'd, you enjoyed the managerial side, but you couldn't see yourself going back. What, what made the change now? Um, to be honest, um, at that time, um, I, had, I had personal issues going on in my, in my personal life and um, it, just, it just wasn't the right time for me to, to continue a hive. Um, and it was quite a stressful period. It probably put me off, to be honest. Um, but obviously, as, as time goes on, uh, you know, things settle and you sort of find yourself playing again. I, st- I stepped up um, a level to go back to Folkestone and I enjoyed it and I, I was meant to stay there this year. But um, obviously things happened at the back end of last season and I, I ended up joining Lid. Um, and yeah, I think with, with Mickey Doyle stepping down and, and Tom Winter taking over, they was always looking for someone else. Um, and a few of the boys there, Ronnie Dolan um, and a, a Ryan Smith, obviously, and a few of the other lads, they just put a bit of uh, a bit of pressure on me to take it with Tom. So I decided to give it a go, and, and yeah, it's, it's going really well so far, and I'm, I'm enjoying it, and I'm glad to be back involved in, in the management side of things. It, it's, it, again, people will look at it, you know, manager of a non-league club, but I expect that I'm ringing you late on a on a Monday. You, you're probably used to late phone calls sorting things out, aren't you? Yes, yeah, it's, it's always busy. Man- management, I think, whoever you speak to in management, it's it's just mad. Um, I don't think there's a day that goes by where you're not sorting out um, a player or, or an issue or or a problem. So yeah, it's it's always so busy. But um, like I've said, I've got I've got that time now to, to be able to focus on it. And like I say, we've we've put together a good little squad down there now, and um, all the boys they're they're great lads and. You get you get a lot of help from from the people on the board down there, and and obviously Ryan's heavily involved um, in, in recruitment as well. So yes, yeah, it's it's, um, it's it's been a good decision for myself to be honest, and um, yeah, hopefully we we can just push on. If you, you know, because there's links with Folkestone in there, so players and who are not uh, necessarily playing for Folkestone, you can get on a dual registration, a bit like yourself last season. Is there, is there a link between the two clubs? Uh, I wouldn't say there's a direct link. Um, obviously, there's players that we've obviously myself and Ronnie Dolan. Um, there's a few other players that have played for Folkestone. Um, you know, I'm, I'm quite close with uh, Neil Cugley, um, and he's he's been to a few of our games. And I've, I went to one of his games the other night. I'm probably going to go go down there tomorrow and watch him against Margate. To be honest, um, to give give a bit of support. But yeah, um, ho- hopefully, um, if something comes up and we need a a player on a dual reg or we need to, to borrow a player there, there might be something we can do um, but we've we've got links with other clubs as well um, we've got a lot of lads there from Sussex so they've got links with um, Hastings and and various teams down that way so we've got like a, a quite a big catchment area to be honest the trajectory of Lear as well you know a couple of seasons ago you know they've, you know a first division side but last season they got promoted 
you know, they're at the highest level they've been for a while. Well, I think probably ever. What, what's, what's the aim for the club? Is just to compete in this division or want to go up even one more level? No, yeah, we, we don't want to compete. Um, well, obviously we want to compete, but we're, we're there to push on. Um, you know, we, we believe we can push for the playoffs. We, we know the league now is, is quite well known, to be honest, but there's a lot of money being spent in it. Um, you look at the likes of Faversham, you know, they're bringing in football league players, uh, Stephen Payne and Billy Bingham, they're, they're, they're experienced and, you know, anyone would expect Faversham to go and win it. Um, but I, I believe this year there's, there's four playoff places to play for. So that's the aim for us. Um, uh, pro- probably like a lot of the other clubs. Mm. You've been playing as well. I know Tom Winter doesn't play anymore. So have you been putting your boots on as well? You're on the bench at the weekend. I haven't, no. Um, I haven't played this season. So right. the first three games I, um, I was suspended. Um, and then we played a little friendly in between just to, to get some minutes for a few of the lads and uh, I, I rolled my ankle and it's still, it's still not right at the moment so yeah I've, I've not played at all yet um, but the plan is um, yes I've got, to get, I've got to get myself up to, to speed and fitness and then yeah I'll, I'll be hopefully uh, back in the team uh, and Tom Winter he's, he's a bit of a character old Tom from, from what I know of him what's he like is, the, is, is he sort of um, you two working together yeah, well, he's, he's my best friend. We've we've been close for a long, long time. Um, so <laughs> I know what to expect from him. He knows what to expect from me. Um, it's always been well known in non-league that we're a bit of a nightmare together. But um, obviously, when when you go into management, you have to be a bit professional and have to tone, tone the line a little bit. So that's what we're doing. And um, but now we're having we're having fun together. Me and Tom, we we pretty much have got. Um, the same opinion on on players and the way we want to do things and the way we want to play anyway, so it's it's, it's never really an issue to be honest. Uh, but I think he's just had his, I think he's had an ACL operation right. a little while back, so I think he is planning on uh, on uh, giving it a comeback next year. I think it'll be good to see him on that. Uh, FC Elmstead in the Vars, a side you'll, the, the club will know well after um, being in the first division with them. I suppose the Vars is a competition you'd like to go well in. You had a good result in the first round last year, the club did, but they knocked out on penalties. Is that a competition you think you can do well in? Yeah, of course, yeah. Um, I believe it's county level and below, so uh, um, obviously the finals at Wembley. So, yeah, um, that's something we want to push on. Um, you know, we had a good little run in the FA Cup. Um, we was never ever going to win that, but certainly the Vars, as I think if you ask any manager, really, they, they think they've got a chance. Um, obviously being with the Kent League and, and further down I don't really know I've got a lot about Elmstead um, but I know that they'll be half decent um, they've got some good sorry they've got uh, some good players so yes um, it'll be a test but um, we've, we've got some re- really good players at the football club now we've played um, at a higher level so I'm, ho- I'm hoping that'll, uh, that'll see us through what, One of the reasons I ring you this week James is because my first game I did for the radio is 20 years on Wednesday this week. And the first game I ever did, and I have to tell you this, um, you made your debut and you scored from a corner. So fair play, I've done 20 years standing of a mic. I don't have to get very fit. But this week, it'll be 20 years of you since your first appearance. And again, I don't, I don't know many other players who've played for 20 years at this level. So that must be a hell of an achievement for you. Yeah, yeah, I didn't know that at all, actually. But um, I, I can pretty much remember that uh, day still. Um, it was a bit of a shock for everybody because we didn't really know who you were. You turned yeah. up, took a corner and put it in the top corner. Yeah, I, I wasn't expecting to play, to be honest. I turned up and I was, I was told as soon as I turned up and obviously back then I, I think I was 17 or 18 or whatever I was. 
I was young and yeah, I was. Uh, I, I remember shaking in the changing rooms before the game, but um, I went out there. I had a shaky start, and uh, Mark Patterson put his arm around me, told me to calm down. I think we got a corner actually. Mm. I think the first one I've, I've mishit, and it's just they've cleared it out for another corner. And I think it's from that one. I've just yeah, but I've put it in. Obviously, a bit of a fluke from a corner. <laughs> you don't always um, cross the, to score, do you? So, um, but yeah, I, I remember getting man of the match actually. And that, yeah, that's given me a lot of confidence to go from there. But um, yeah, twenty years. But I, I still feel like I've got an, another few yet. To be honest, probably we. Thought, I was talking about this or something. You've probably been the most successful player in non-league football in Kent like those last twenty years. You played a long time. But you've won a lot of trophies. Was there anything that stands out? You play for majority of, of the, the big clubs in Kent. Yeah, obviously I've got great memories. Uh, I've been lucky enough to play for um, the likes of Dover, Maystone, Dartford. Um, you know, they're they're the real big ones. You know, Margate as well. They've they've always been a big club. Um, so uh, Folkestone last year. So yeah, I've, I've had um, some great managers in that time as well. Um, so yeah, it's, it's it's been uh, a bit surreal, really, and it's just gone really, really quick. I can't believe how quick the, the career's gone. But yeah, for, for a standout memory, it's probably the playoffs. Um, probably at Maystone, to be honest. Um, we've we've obviously won leagues before, but when you win them playoffs, um, I, I think anyone will say it's. I think for the day only, it's it's, it's pretty special uh, feeling. Would you, would you? Would you? If I said to you twenty, you know, twenty years ago, did you want to become a footballer? Did you think, oh, I can make a career out of non-league football? Um, when I first started, probably not. Um, I think, I think I played about four or five games for Dover, and I was quickly offered a three-year contract, which I signed straight away. Um, and it was at that moment I probably thought, you know, I could, I could really make something here. But then I had a few years where I was up and down, up and down. Um, I was a bit of a lad back then. I like going out for a beer, so probably weren't always the most professional. Um, but it, there was a point that it hit home, and I, I started to knuckle down, and you know, I changed positions, and it, it just clicked from there, really. And obviously, um, you know, managers have put their trust in me. Um, so it's, and as I say, I've been lucky enough to have some great, great managers in non-league who have come from the football league. To be fair, so. It's, it's been a little bit surreal, but um, yeah, obviously I'm uh, I'm proud of what I've done, and um, I've I've got life lifelong memories along the way. Do you keep a, a stat of how many games you played or anything like that, or just just go, go no. one? No, I don't, I don't know how many games I've played. I don't know how many goals I've scored. Um, so yeah, I'm not like that. One of my closest friends as well, Liam Friend, he he can tell you how many games he's played for each club and. And goals ways, he's probably only scored a couple for his career, but he, he can tell you down to the uh, to the game. But I've I've got no idea how many I've played. But well, well, it must be well five seven between five and seven hundred. But it's been well, yeah. and now again in twenty years' time, we could talk about you being a manager. I suppose being twenty years of management was that the, is that the future we want to see? Uh, probably not twenty years. <laughs> <laughs> I want to enjoy my life at some point. Um, but yeah, no, certainly at the moment I'm happy doing it. Um, yes, we've got ambitions to go up. Um, obviously, I've, if I'm going to do this, I want to do it properly. So, um, you know, I have amb- ambitions to push as well um, and, and see where the management sort of side can take you. Uh, 20 years of, of playing football for James Rogers, Matt, and uh, a, a great career for him. Brilliant. Probably the most successful player. I suppose if you play for 20 years, you are going to be successful. Um in Kent non-league football over the last 20 years as I say because he is if he wins the league with 
Lid Town this year, crazy things have happened, he would have won absolutely every league you could do apart from the National League. So he'd have conquered basically the non-league game. Um, when he came into the game, solid player, James Rogers, nice left foot, but always fit and he's kept himself in it. Played, again, he didn't know how many games he played, did he, when I spoke to him. But he must have played 700 games for all the, probably Ebstein, the only side in Kent he hasn't probably played for, the top sides. Um, really, really, he's a good character, really nice guy, um, fantastic career. And interesting when I said, oh, you've been managing for the next 20 years. Now I want to have a bit of a life. But yeah, I, I think football's in his blood. Um, and, he, and he's going to give it a go at management. I'm glad to see he's back in it after his thing with Hyde, which I think was probably a, you know, a, a, he looked at that with a bit of open eyes. It may be a bit easier than he thought it would be, but he's in a lid there with a the club. Uh, again, he's managed to get players in, people are working around him. So, yeah, fantastic career for a really nice guy. And I thought, oh, 20 years, where's that 20 years gone for James Rogers? And where's that 20 years gone for me being on, on the radio as well? Well, you see, the thing is, Matt, uh, James Rogers was quite oblivious to your to the fact yeah, it was yeah. 20 years. Um, but, and you don't know anything about this, uh, I've got some people who, the fact that it was 20 years for you, it means something to them. So I hope you can hear this. I just want to congratulate everybody's favourite podcaster, John Phipps, on... Hang on. Oh, it's for Matthew. Oh, sorry. Uh, I want to congratulate Matthew Gerrard for 20 years of service to Radio Kent and commentary and non-league football in general. Um, if you haven't guessed it already, it's your good mate Tom here, Matt. Um, congratulations. You thoroughly deserve all the praise you get. Thoroughly enjoy listening to your commentaries. I remember your first ever commentary for Dover when James Rogers scored from a corner. I was listening while playing cricket at Preston and Elmston in assault because I hadn't bowled very well. And uh, your squeaky voice cheered me up as Dover won that game. Can't remember the score, but I remember Dover won. And you've gone on from strength to strength. I'd like to think you see me as somebody who keeps you grounded. I remember very early on you, you said to me, I could be the next Alan Green. And I said, also, you could be the next Mike Green. Um... I'll let the listeners decide uh, who who was right there. But no, well done, Matt, for 20 years. I'm sure it's going to be another 20 years or more. Keep up the good work. Richard Harvey here. Well, what can I say about Mr. Dover Athletic, Matt Gerrard? 20 years serving them loyal through the good times and bad times for BBC Radio Kent. What a fantastic job he does. There's not a stat that he doesn't know. It's been a pleasure getting to know him over the years and um, I wish him all the best for the for another 20 years to come. All the best, Matt. Cheers. Hello, Ben Watts here from BBC Radio Kent. Congratulations to you, Matthew Gerrard, on 20 years covering her football in the county on the radio. I mean, that's a couple of life sentences having to watch Dover Athletic, albeit there's been plenty of happy memories, I'm sure, of covering... Uh, the boys when they were managed by Chris Kinnear, etc., and going well in the the National League. But yeah, uh, fantastic work, Matt. You've been uh, a real uh, gent to have and to to work with as part of the team, and a fantastic commentator as well. Your enthusiasm and your passion and knowledge for the game is is really superb. And I always love the way you speak to managers and players as well, just with that really kind of probing stance you like to take uh, when grilling a manager after the game it's uh, yeah something that that all journalists and all of us that follow football and, and want to learn how to speak to players in a or managers in a post-match capacity yeah we can 
we can all learn something from it. So, um, yeah, congratulations on, on this milestone, this anniversary for you. And uh, here's to, well, the next, the next 10, the next 20. All the best, mate. Cheers. Well, Mr. Gerald, this is Alex Hode wishing you many, many congratulations on your big anniversary. I've had the great fortune to be sat alongside you on many occasions in the commentary box and on trips up and down the country following your beloved Dover Athletic. The years go by, the faces change, and sometimes even the divisions change. Yet yeah, there you are, the one enduring feature of the club and for me, the best thing about any trip to Crabble. In good times and bad, you've remained professional and endlessly positive. Some of my best memories in journalism have involved you being there. Dover might be better known for its white cliffs, but for me, you'll always be the rock upon which Dover Athletic is built, and you do deserve a bit of fuss today. Here's to the next 20 years, when, annoyingly, you'll probably still look no older. Steve King, manager of Dealtown Football Club. Uh, congratulations, Matt, on 20 years of commentating on Dover Athletic. Um, I'm sure you've seen many ups and downs, promotions, relegations, cut runs in that time. Um, I know a lot's changed at the club in the last 20 years. But hopefully, after the disappointing last couple of seasons, things will pick up for you over the next couple of years. Keep up the good work. Hi, Matt. Mitch Walker here. Congratulations on covering 20 years of Dover Athletic today. I hope those 20 years were enjoyable. Thank you very much for uh, our times and memories that we had when I was at the club. I hope you're well and yeah, good luck with the next 20 years. Over and out. Hi Matt, it's Nigel Jones from Welling United and Radio Wings. I'd just like to say congratulations on 20 years covering Dover Athletic. A truly fantastic milestone. Congratulations mate and hopefully many more years to come. Well done. Hi Matt, well done on reaching 20 years for uh, BBC Radio Kent. A, a big achievement. And I remember our first meeting. It was just a random meeting at the, the Open Golf. Well, random from my point of view. Purely planned by you as your planning has been impeccable down the years and your research has been impeccable. You've been a great colleague, great commentator, um, brilliant journalist and interviewer. Um, and you've managed to stick with it even by having to watch Dover. Good grief, nobody could have put up with all that. Many congratulations for making 20 and here's to the next 20. Hey Matt, uh, Oliver Ash here. Just wanted to congratulate you on your 20 years covering Dover Athletic and reporting on Dover. Uh, I don't know what horrible things you must have done in a previous life to deserve that, but hey, we've all got our crosses to bear and you bear yours with great professionalism. It's always been a pleasure to discuss all matters non-league football with you. You've always got a smile on your face. You're a good man and I wish you 20 more years of happiness following Dover. Hi guys, Michael Golden here, Corinthian Football Club. Um, just want to say congratulations to Matt. 20 years of covering Dover. It's, a, it's an unbelievable effort. The time and the effort that you put in, I'm sure, is appreciated by, by all the Dover fans and, and the club in general. Um, also, you do a great job on the pod as well. So I think uh, the whole of Kent Football is in admiration of what you do. Cheers, mate. Hi, Matt. Congratulations on your 20th years reporting on Dover. Some could say that's a life sentence. But there's been good times. Uh, always a delight listening to you. Yeah, your knowledge of Dover and East Kent football in general, second to none. So congratulations, Matt. It's Martin Pierce. Wishing you all the best. Congratulations, Dad, on 20 years of commentating for BBC Sport. Do you like that? Well, where did you get time to do all that, mate? <laughs> I've been a very busy boy kind of this afternoon. Um, you, I know you talk kids number. That's the crazy thing. Um, you, you mentioned a few times it was your 20th year anniversary. Um, so I got on to Tom uh, and he 
put me in touch with uh, a, a couple of people. Uh, and then Martin Pierce was great as well because he gave me some suggestions for, for some people connected to Dover. Um, and yeah, so basically um, everyone wanted to say well done to you on 20 years, mate. Uh, well, that's great. Well, you, should, you know, that's very kind of you, John. That's um, made my day, that is. That's really kind of those kind words from everybody. So, um, well, again, it's it's been a pleasure being a, a reporter for the BBC, majority of the games with Dover, but seeing the other teams. But yeah, that's, that's, I'm lost for words there, John, and that's not from there. So um, yeah, thanks very much, mate. That's that's. I feel like um, you're my Eamon Andrews moment, that was. So um, yeah, thanks, mate. I really appreciate that. No problem. Well, thanks to all those people who yeah. uh, responded they to my messages. They had nice words for me. The, kids, know, didn't yeah. have, the kids didn't have much wife, nice words, but everybody else did, which is good. Well, I think the kids, you know, it's, I guess for the kids, it's just, you know, their whole life you've been doing it. So, um, but, you know, they, they still spent their time to to get us a yeah, message across. So they've kept that secret as well. They didn't know anything about that. So well done, mate. You know, that is top jaw journalism, John. Thank you. Oh, no problem. Thank you very much. Well, and, and as everyone has said there, um, you know, you do a great job covering Dover um, and, <laughs> you know, you're, you're magnificent at what you do. Um, we've been doing this podcast together for what, six, seven years now, uh, and always a, a great highlight of my week uh, when we do it. And you know, Kent football would be much poorer without your dulcet tones reporting on it, my friend. <laughs> yeah, that, yeah. And hopefully, um, um, we can get uh, based on them are there on Saturday, and I hopefully we can get a Kent win. So uh, I haven't seen many over watching Dover. I told you that stat, didn't I? Six wins out of seventy I've done since COVID, Dover. Six wins out of 70. 70 commentaries I've done since COVID. They've won six. And that just shows the dedication that you've shown. <laughs> Stupidity. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so well, on that happy note, uh, that is the end of the football chat on this week's podcast. We've already talked about the TV. Uh, have you got anything else you want to talk about? I think I did, but I've totally forgotten, John, because those kind words have knocked me for six from everybody. So thank you for everybody on those kind words. Um, no, I was. I did have something to say, but I've, it's gonna. Well, I was gonna ask you, um, how was your popular concert? <laughs> how was what? It was very good, actually. They were very good. Uh, Blink One Eighty Two were were very very good. Did, 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 did the drummer turn up? Or did his baby? Or he was there. The baby is. They've had surgery, and the baby is is still uh, inside uh, the, the mother. Um, but they it needed the surgery to to make sure that it was okay. Right. Um, and yeah, he came out, and he was brilliant. At one point, they lifted him up uh, on metal chains. Uh, on his drum kit and he was up there for about half an hour and it was tilting and everything and he was still doing it brilliantly he's a brilliant drummer they there was no way they could have done it without him so uh, what was, you know, was, what, was the equivalent of the o2 over in sweden or something was it pretty much yeah it was the avici arena um right. which is he's named after the star, well yeah the, the the pop star who died yeah i think he was only 28 uh it looks like a golf ball the arena yeah. uh we were seated but we had a great view and uh Good see Stockholm, actually. I'd heard it was very expensive if you wanted a drink and bits and pieces. But actually, do you know what? It wasn't too bad. Um, and yeah, I, I really enjoyed it. And uh, lovely city. Good good to catch up with my good mate Robbo. Um, and yeah, I've had a, a really nice time, apart from the flight back, which meant I couldn't get, get to do a podcast, no. probably. Well, we have been trying to get um, Olivia Rodrigo tickets, which are... Is this a new thing? With pop, you have to register now. You just can't go. Um, like to pre-register, and they said, "Oh, 
if you're successful, you get a code, you can buy tickets. But I didn't get a code, and I said, I'd go on the, the waiting list, but I presume they're not going to say you can have tickets now because they will be all gone. Is this a new thing? Oh, I don't Pop know, Matt, because I don't, I don't buy the popular concept. I mean, when I bought my tickets for the Foo Fighters, I had no such problems. I literally had a code because uh, of the right. pre-sale code. I went on the pre-sale and I got them. Um, so, you know, I, I'm not, it, I, I'm guessing with the young kids, it's a, probably a different kettle of fish. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, but it's a shame because I, I, the kids would have been really looking forward to seeing that. But unless miraculously they didn't all sell out, but as he's, as he's very popular, it's highly unlikely. So what's your next concert that I've never heard of you going to see? Uh, I'm going to see Nothing But Thieves on the 11th of uh, And actually, it's not true. I'm going to see Ash uh, on the 30th oh. of September. Uh, That's the Irish band. And they, oh, they had some good songs, Ash. I remember them. Early they 90s. did. It's them and a band called The Subways. The Subways are supporting them. No. no. Um, and then I'm going to see Nothing But Thieves on November the 11th. So those are the is that London, two. is it? That is at the... Uh, yeah, Ash is at Bexhill Delaware Pavilion. Uh, and... Um, the nothing but thieves is at Wembley Arena, so yeah, lots of good things coming on. Well, we're, we're waiting to see um, Margate must release who's coming there next year, but they seem they can have like 40 concerts in three months, like basically Friday, Saturday, Sunday. You can have concerts, so there is rumors that are going to go big or a lot more bands that I may have heard of rather than busted and things that I don't want to go and see. So if you see anything like that. Well, if you do, then some of your style of music might come there as well, do you think? Do you know, the first concert I ever saw was at the uh, Margate Winter Gardens in uh, December what? 1997. Who was that? The Seahorses. Oh, right. I have heard of them. I wouldn't know any of their songs. Good venue, the Winter Garden, but no, it's shut. It's always dreamland now. Oh, is it? Yeah. Yes, yeah, Winter Garden's shut. Yeah. Well, well, we went to see um, Dave Gorman there, didn't we? Good venue, the Winter Garden, oh, yeah. but nobody can afford to do it up because it's falling apart, which is that's a shame. Just sad, really. Anyway, there you go. Yeah. Oh, I, I, I also saw went to Dreamland and saw um, I saw Biffy Clyro there in uh, in August 2020, their first gig after lockdown. So that was a good experience as well. So yeah, I can't go wrong with a gig in well, Are you going to see them soon again? I haven't got any tours planned at the minute. They're on a bit of a, a, a hiatus this year. Uh, because no. the, the, they've been busy with, they've had two albums out and done a lot of touring. So having a break and I think we'll be expecting some new music from them early, maybe early 2025. Uh, or maybe they'll be touring early 2025, but we, it'll be a while before we hear from them. So I'll just have to keep listening to their greatest hits uh, all the way through. and just. Uh, in, have you got the internet on your computer? That's a silly question. That's a silly question. Have you got the internet up there? Have I got the internet what in my flat? No, no, yeah. Google what was number one twenty years ago and see if I and, and oh. see if I and see uh, if I would know who the band was. Okay, hang on. It was twenty. Who would that be? Probably is busted or McFlurry. McFlurry. Where they from? So the same single that was uh, the number one in uh, America was also the number one uh, in the UK. Uh, I'm trying to think if what clue I can give you, but it's a big song from a band who went on to have a lot of hits. Uh, one of their pr- main pr- protagonists of this band uh, is now on The Voice. Uh, must be the um, Kaiser Chiefs. Nope. Oh, um, I've got a uh, Black Eyed Peas then. Yep. And their f- it was their first big hit. I've got a feeling? Nope. That's all the one I know. Where is the love? Oh, uh, right, okay. Is that a cover? Uh, I don't know. Oh, 
there you go. Excellent. Well, there you go. That, that's that's the end of that. I think might end, end the pod now, John. So I'm might as well walking on air after those fine words. <laughs> I won't be able to sleep tonight. I'm buzzing. Uh, thank you, everybody, for listening to this week's show. No disappointing wimpies along the way, so that's all good. Um, you can find us on social media, as always. We're on uh, Twitter, X, whatever, at Kent NL Podcast. Uh, we're on Facebook, search for Kent Only Podcast, and search for the group Kent Non-League Football Chat. Uh, we can also find us on Instagram and threads at Kent Non-League Podcast. Uh, I'm at John Phipps 81 on Twitter. Matt is at Matthew underscore Gerard. Uh, do give us a little follow uh, and let us know what games you're going to. I, I see uh, that the Scaffold Groundhop is on in a couple of weeks, Matt. Uh, unfortunately, there's a full program of midweek fixtures the week after. So it's not going to be a lot of fun uh, to go to for the podcast. Anyway, thank you, everybody, for listening. Uh, thank you to our three guests. And, of course, thank you to all those people uh, who got in touch with messages for Matt. And, of course, congratulations again to Matt Jarrell for 20 years of covering Dover Athletic. What a momentous uh, occasion that has been for them and for him. And hopefully in the next few years, there'll be some success for Dover Athletic and for Matt Gerald to, to report on. But all that remains to say is thank you everybody for listening and we'll speak to you all next week on the Kent Only Podcast. You cheeky scab, John. How much do you have to pay those people to say those kind words? <laughs>